1: Welcome back to Though. We are thrilled to be in your car, on your treadmill, on your Peloton. Maybe you can't do that when you do a Peloton. I don't know. I don't have these fancy things, but... Um you know, wherever you are right now, we are very happy to be spending a little bit of time with you. And today's topic, I am beside myself with excitement and it's called Georgia on my mind. So as everybody knows this week here in America, if you're outside of the country, we are all eyes are on Georgia, the beautiful state of Georgia, the peach state of Georgia with some delicious barbecue and some mm-hmm. fabulous people. We just love everything about Georgia, or I do anyway.
0: I do too, and, <laughs> I'm a big, big fan. Big Georgia's fan. So
1: fab actually, my first um, memory in Georgia was when I was on the crew team in college, we had one of our regalas in Savannah, Georgia, and got to go down there and spend some time. And of course, I love Hotlanta. So Georgia is so legit. And we want to talk about basically the election that's happening there. And then also, what does this mean for us, guys, as we're coming out of this incredibly polarizing season, as all these things have come to light, we're still in the process of transitioning into having a new president here in America. And how do we like each other again? How do we stop making judgments about each other again how do we you know if we live in a coastal city how do we view the Midwest and the South in a different way if we live in the South or the Midwest how do we begin to you know view the coastal elites in a different way what what would it look like for us to begin to cross some of those great divides and one of my friends is um, a psychologist she's an amazing follow on Instagram I will put her handle in the show notes. Her name is Barbara. And she talks about how a dividing wall can become a bridge when you lay it flat. Mm. And I really love that picture. And I think we need more of that right now in America. And we need more of that right now across the globe. (laughs) Because, you know, we need to lay down some of these walls and, and make them into bridges so that we can get to know each other, connect again, understand one another better, know why we think what we think, what we're afraid of, what we're excited about. We need to know these things because it's important that We begin to heal as a community and as individuals because last year was
0: Crazy Town, okay? Last year was Crazy Town town. USA. How about you? Literally Crazy Town USA. (laughs) Hey, before we talk about American geography, I just want to give a shout out to all our UK listeners. We know you went into an outrageously restrictive lockdown uh, two days ago. Can't leave your house. Um, mm. unless you're going to the grocery store or wherever. So we're just, you know, all schools are closed. So we're just, we're praying for you. Our hearts are with yeah. you. We're believing um, that with everyone doing their part, that this virus, we're, we, can, we can take it on. Yeah. Um, as, as many of us all know, this UK strain is no joke. 20% yeah. increase in death in just a matter of days in the UK. So our hearts are with you. Um, you are not forgotten. <laughs> and we, yeah. the Why Though Gals, we, we love you. Mad love for you. Sorry, just wanted to do that little shout-out before we dive in there. I'm so glad. No, it's
1: absolutely right on.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Um, before we get into all of this, I need to know how you're starting off this year. What things have you added into your routine that you're like, no, this I'm going to be kind to myself, and I'm going to do this? We know you went to the gap, which was amazing. <laughs> we were all there for that. But is there anything else that you're like, no, this well- is how I'm going to be kind to myself?
1: No, I mean, I think I had a, you know, I had a baby. I've got a five-week-old. So I, I don't think that I'm really thinking about rhythms and routines right now because it's the last thing on my mind. It's not possible for me to have a rhythm and a routine. Um, but I am definitely drinking a lot of water and a lot of Ooh. coffee. Okay, there we go. <laughs> hey, that's what I'm talking and, about. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it, going for lots of walks with all the kids and getting them out of the house. But, no, I definitely – I this is not new year, new you. I mean, Tiffany and I never do that anyway. No, and for those of you we can't been even – even if I tried, Guys, I'd be a
0: failure, so I don't do it.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. But yeah, for sure, you can count me out on rhythms and routines right now.
0: (laughs) Okay, so here – I just have to say, I have joined – the cottage cheese train. That's right. Ugh, Geriatric. I hate cottage snack. Cottage cheese. It's disgusting. Favorite. Oh, it's so nasty. It's gross. So fabulous. Okay. What is my problem? Like I wake up thinking about I'm like, I'm gonna have some cottage cheese. Oh my gosh. I found one Ew. that doesn't have like all the caking agent, so at least there's that. Ugh. With all the like gunk in it. Right? I didn't even know it had
1: that. Gross. So here's the
0: thing. Here's the thing. You put some you put some coarse Himalayan sea salt on top. Oh gosh. Yeah. That's all I've eaten today so far, actually cottage
1: cheese ah oh, Tiffany I mean all, I have nightmares about that from all the commercials in the 80s where it's like <laughs> cottage cheese and pineapple and some oh my gosh up, in a thong like workout <laughs> outfit you know with the leggings and the thong onesie on top and some yeah. leg warmers looking like Jane Fonda
0: no How January 6 2021 the day Ashley said thong on why though we're so sorry people <laughs> we're so sorry we didn't, you know, I, didn't sign I just up for this I want to give
1: you guys the best I want to give you guys the best, the best of everything in the world. And thong, the thong, thong, thong oh, could potentially my be the best
0: in 2021, okay? Oh, my gosh. You <laughs> did not. We are going to have a talk after this. Okay, hold on. What, no, let's go back to the cottage cheese and pineapple because you literally... Yes, you need um, to explain yourself you to You know my inconsistent food journey as a child. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. But yeah. when I did have food... <laughs> That was what I sometimes got to have. And so I have a very
1: fun... (laughs) sweet connection. And I just dogged you out so hard. No, no, I love
0: it. Please, you know I can take a joke. I'm (laughs) laughing my butt off over here. But I just realized when you said it, I'm like, that's what it was, wasn't it? It was the 80s cottage. I was like, Mm. why is that the most sweetest Mm -hmm. memory for me is cottage cheese and pineapple? Mm -hmm. And you just... It's because it was the thing mm-hmm. in the 80s. Oh, my gosh. Yep. How did I never put it together? It really was. I, re- I, I remember All so the little from my queens. childhood, but I do remember the times I was fed, and that was one of them, and I really enjoyed that. So oh, there you go. There's a glimpse into my past, that. people. Yes, cottage oh, cheese. So here's the thing. At the Costco, so you can buy them, like, you know, the, the individual size for, like, less than a dollar. Right. And they're, like, Lord. super expensive at, the, at a regular grocery store. So I'm Cottage cheese? Honey is not that cheap? It's not that. Well, if you're buying like stuff that doesn't have the fillers.
1: Oh lord, y'all.
0: Yeah, girl. I they don't they love... don't, they don't do the upcharges
1: on the cottage cheese. <laughs> I just what is this world coming to, y'all? What is it coming to? <laughs> I need to know. Okay?
0: Uh, oh, you know what? God help I us. need someone to hashtag cottage cheese and and mm. screenshot this episode. I need to know mm. who my people are. That mm. is I'm going to reach out to you. I'm telling you right now. Hashtag cottage cheese. Screenshot this episode. Post it to stories. Let me know. Let me Do it. Know. I'm
1: going to reach out to you because I'm going to make fun of you. So please tag me as well. Okay. I would like to know what's going on in the streets. <laughs> I want to know.
0: Depending on your mental state, don't tag her or do. It's fine. <laughs> nobody cares. You'll be okay. fine. I'll be
1: sweet. I'll be sweet. Don't she worry. will be. She's
0: so sweet on the gram. <laughs> Guys, go look at all her pictures of her baby. She's in sweetness mode. It's great. She posts these encouraging things about how to get through the day. It's what we need right now. Mm-hmm. It's what we need we right need now. Survive. Thank you. Survival. Thank you. All right, <laughs> Georgia.
1: Yes. Yeah, so Georgia. Oh my gosh, you guys. I well, first of all, I love Stacey Abrams. I don't know if I have any Stacey Abrams fans out there. Whoa, whoa. <clears throat> And, you know, the South is really, it's the bedrock of the civil rights movement, number one. Number two, it is a place where people learned how to organize and how to mobilize people and how, um, when I think about democracy, as a matter of fact, I think about the South because, you know, it doesn't come from one person, it comes from a group of people mobilized and active in the community who are making change. And I think that's a really powerful thing. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen anywhere else. I've lived in Manhattan, I've lived in LA, it definitely happens all over the US, but it have such a tender spot for the South. And And yesterday on Twitter, one of my dear friends, Crystal Marie shout out to you girl. She was talking about on Twitter about how patronizing the coastal cities can be about the South. And she shared a little tweet where she was saying, basically, you know, when the South talks about New York or LA or Seattle, you know, they'll very often talk about, you know, traffic and the high cost of housing and the sense of loneliness and people working too hard. Like those are kind of the things that they identify about what they don't like about, you know, some of these coastal cities. And of course, there's the fringe people who definitely are like you know, it's Marxist. It's gonna fall into the ocean. You know, there's there's the French <laughs> who believe all those things too. It hasn't, you know. Cali's still not falling into the ocean, so I think we're okay. Yeah. They've been saying that for like decades. <laughs> I've heard it from a few grandpas, so I know. Um, My husband sometimes
0: I, says that to me that Cali gonna fall best. in the ocean. So it is
1: a it is a thing. Like some people in the South really do believe that. So she was talking about that's kind of the perspective of people in the South versus the coastal elite cities talking about the South very often talk about how people there are stupid, they're backwoods, they're redneck, You know they don't. They hold on to the old guard. All these different things. They're the most racist place in America. And you know, as someone who lived in Manhattan for four years, I experienced more racism in the Northeast than I ever saw in the South. (laughs) And Mm. I experienced more segregation in systems and structures in education, in healthcare, um, in housing than I ever saw in the South. And so I just thought it would be great for us to not only celebrate people like Stacey Abrams and wherever you are on the map politically. That's not what this is about because we know some people would be upset, you know, about which way congress is going to go pending this this election and we understand that and some people are celebrating and we understand that too. But this is more about talking about how we can heal this great divide, how yeah. different we really are, how we make judgments of places we've never even been how we are raised with folks who tell us certain things about places they haven't even been and how we need to sort of divorce ourselves from those judgments and begin to really look at the humanity that we have in one another so that we can begin to cross these great divides and heal and the way i'm guilty of this is because of florida okay So Florida, I know you're out there listening and we love you and you are fabulous. And um, I I love looking up things about Florida because Florida makes me laugh so hard. I love the governor that his first thing that he did, you know, when we needed some essential services is that he began to have wrestling as an essential service because he was hopeful that there would be more entertainment for America through wrestling, and that made me laugh so hard. So Florida makes me laugh. The Gators that are walking around the streets of Florida right now—I mean, I just—I oh love it all. Y'all.
0: Modern day monsters.
1: Yes, and I went to You're Florida fine. a lot as a kid, but I tend to make the most sweeping judgments about Florida as a state, and so I, I'm going to out myself and say that because I know we all have them. You might yeah. make judgments about New York. You might make them about Seattle. You might make them about you know Montana. I don't know what y'all be saying. Utah. I don't know. Arizona. But right Arizona. <laughs> yes. Oh, but for me Florida's mine. Yep. Arizona's yours. I can see why. Yeah. I can see why they get a bad rap in the in the media. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the racism is real, okay?
0: Mhm. It's real there. It's real. So yeah, Tiffany, what are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I am. Um, I just want to go first. I want to go first. If we're asking our listeners to humble themselves and think about what are some preconceived ideas that you've had of places you maybe have not been, or maybe you did go and you had one tiny bad experience and you wrote off that whole people group or uh, geographical location. Mm -hmm. So I just want to go first and say that this has been a journey for me. I've lived in the Northwest um, ever since I've lived in the States. And Mm -hmm. um, it has, especially in the past three years, I would say I've been um, on a journey to unearth why I think the way I do about certain parts of America, Mm -hmm. specifically the South, um and, and of course that's i, I got to consider my sources right ashley i got to consider the media and the books and 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 the people that i'm listening to and the way they talk about different parts of america um, right but i think the more i've learned about the confederacy or the civil rights movement sometimes i right. just can get so angry but if i look at history as a whole yeah you can see here's why we got the here's why we arrived at this point that's right if if in early America, when slave owners settled and they settled in the South and they brought slaves there, of course this is going to be the birthplace of tension, right? It's, it's right. This part of the system. But that doesn't make it right. an inherently bad place. Right. And that's where I think, um, stepping back, and also I love how you opened this. You said they, they've they taught us all how to organize. When we read yes. about the civil rights Movement, you you think of the organ. This was pre-internet, people. They had right. like, the printing press, and that was it. You know, yes. and the radio, right. and the way they organized for goodness and for justice and for right. wholeness and community care. Uh, I just think what a what a gift to us all. And then I think you know, forgive me uh, for for. Not remembering exactly what letter or speech Dr. King wrote about, but when he went to the Midwest and and to the Great Lakes states, he talked about the racism that he encountered there was yes. so overt, and he said it was just so 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 different in contrast to right. the South. So I think yeah. that um, we all have a journey to learn of what we think of different places and spaces, and how we think of the people who reside in those spaces. Yes, um, and I think language has a lot to do with this. Ashley, yes, it I think does. the way uh, the way people talk and if someone sounds like us, the way we instantly ascribe to them worth and value versus if they sound different. Yeah. Um, I think we're all guilty of that. Uh, you know, I could say the same thing of like a Boston accent or a Jersey, ac- you know, sure. all of these accents. So I think um, there's, or even a Canadian accent. I'm just throwing it all out there right now. I just want to be <laughs> transparent. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that there's so many factors that we have to be able to pull apart. Like, oh, I see how language contributes to this. I see how education contributes to this and um, the media that I'm consuming and the people that I'm listening to.
1: Yeah, that's so true. I think that, yeah, I don't even realize how big accents can be for people because, you know, obviously growing up in the South, that is just seems so normal to me, all the different dialects. And there are many, like just in our tiny little county, of Rockingham County in North Carolina, and there are over 100 counties in that state. There are so many different dialects. Like within my own family, my immediate family, we all had a different dialect. My grandparents had different dialects. And so I can see how all these different accents could be, um, th- could throw people from maybe levels of intelligence or different things like that. I also find that in the South, people may not always have access to opportunities that maybe you might have in a larger city and again that's a broad stroke as well like I didn't finish college and many people don't whatever state you live in but I think sometimes there is this broad stroke idea that people are not smart when what I have found is that people in the south have the highest levels of emotional intelligence I have ever seen like they know how to communicate to one another and they know how to love each other they can see what's happening in the room <laughs> and it can be used for evil or it can be used for good <laughs> mm. but they can sense what's going on in the room they can read people really well, just really smart. My grandfather couldn't read or or tie his shoes. He's a great example. Yet he farmed land for his entire life. He was so well known in the neighborhood. When he died, people from all over that that small little town came to his funeral and shared stories with me about how he would show up and take care of their yard, or he would take care of their home, or he would come fix things for them. He would care for them. He would drop off food. He would love them. <clears throat> and so I think about that. And I'm like, man, I never experienced those types of things in any of the big cities that I lived in. I had to really fight for community. It wasn't um, very easy to find, neighborliness, like what I experienced in the South. So I think we have to stop defining smart as like what kind of degree you have or what is your pedigree and talk more about what does it look like to be a good human and what does it look like to relate to others? Because that's actually what's most important in this world (laughs) is who are we and how do we connect with others? How do we open our hands with generosity? How do we open our hands to serve? How do we welcome people in and I'm certainly not here to say that the South is perfect, and it does have that incredible history like you just talked about, uh, Tiffany. And I was thinking about this, too. When I moved to New York, my husband and I were pastoring a church on Wall Street. Many of you already know this. Um, And so I dove into the history of what is our neighborhood history where we're pastoring this church so that we know what we're dealing with. And I didn't realize that Wall Street was the second highest slave trade after, you know, uh, Charleston, South Carolina. And so we very often think that the South is the only place that had sort of these issues and these problems. But actually, Wall Street started because the first commodity on Wall Street was human life. And so it's it's huge to think about, Okay, it's not just the South that is perpetuating all these things. And it is not just, you know... um, the, these folks that we kind of make broad judgments about, and so I appreciate what you're saying, Tiffany, and that you're doing that work to kind of undo that. And same for me. You know, I'm raised in the South. We were raised to to hate Texas because Texas was like the patriot country. You know, state wow. It's like its own country, and they could secede at any time. So I'm married to Texan, so that you know got all worked out. <laughs> <laughs> we were taught that people in Texas, you know, kind of want to do their own thing. They want to create their own America. We were definitely taught that California is like, why would you go there? There is absolutely no reason to go there. It doesn't make any sense and then the north is just one of those places where they're they're snobby pretentious people right and so we were to also taught all these things about places in America. And my grandfather was in the Air Force, so he definitely had traveled all over. All six of his kids were born in different states in America. And so he had traveled all over and had these very strong opinions about everywhere in the US. And not because he hadn't been there, but because he really had. And he he had some big opinions. But I found out when I went to New York that people can be very neighborly. They can be very kind, and they look out for you in the neighborhood. And when you're going down the street, if something happens, somebody will help you. And same on California. You know, there's a beautiful collection collaborative spirit that lives here and people want to connect and they want to work together and they want to do good and so every place has its strengths and its weaknesses
0: yeah I think proximity matters I think the farther you are away from a people group or way of living or geographical location the less you are likely to have compassion and we've talked yes. about this uh, during our faith and politics series yes. but i think it is just so so vital like you said to take that wall and turn it into a bridge yes. is to wh- who do you know or who could you connect with or what um i, I think <laughs> especially this week especially this week people have a yes. lot of assumptions about georgia who lives in georgia what yes. they think what they value um yeah. A lot of assumptions flying around. And I think it can really be the sin that so easily entangles, just to be honest. The way that we are just so judgmental about people that we don't even know. I think of um, the people I know in Georgia, the speaking engagements I've had in Georgia. um, Just putting a face to an issue, Mm -hmm. putting a face to an issue is so vital to humanize Mm -hmm. a state that can, you know, for me, that's one of the farthest places away from Washington. So I, I really mm-hmm. just encourage us all. You know, maybe you don't know somebody in a state so different than yours, but you can learn. You can learn. You got mm-hmm. access to the internet. At least yeah. you do, because you're listening <laughs> to me right now. So <laughs> I'm on the internet. So I um, love that. I yes. Just, I, well, if we if we can't do much this year, can we be learners? Can yeah. we be learners? Can we humble ourselves and learn and just unearth? poor faulty ideology that is dehumanizing others even those who may be so similar we probably have more in common than not and i also want to swing back to what you shared about your grandfather um and i love that you said we can't equate smart with educated that man was capable that was the first word that popped into my mind is capable these are capable people and we we on the whole, want the same things. We want yes. love. We want to be able to provide for our family. We yeah. want safety. We want um, goodness. You know, I yeah. think those things that we want, everyone else wants too.
1: Yes, and I think we got to remember that you know, we can't make all these broad sweeping judgments and be rooted in the love of Christ. Come on You know, girl. we can't assume that people have to be like us before we can approve them, you know? Um, there's a passage in Romans that talks about this, where it talks about don't be condemned by what you approve. And mm-hmm. I love that passage. I've been sitting on it, meditating it. <clears throat> I, fin- I finished my last chapter of my book and wrote about that p- specific passage because I see it happen so often. We condemn ourselves by what we approve and we set these standards over people, by saying, this is what is best, and this is what I approve of. And so therefore, it is the right thing or the best thing. And I think moving forward, we really need to do that um, to think about, you know, am I condemning this person because of what I approve of? Or am I loving them because Christ has already approved of them? Because that is important for us to move forward as Christians and as humans. You know, we cannot keep living this way, this polarized you know, way of living is not helpful. It's not healing, and it's unwelcome. It has a very, very, um, it has it lacks hospitality. It has a very non warm welcome. And Tiffany, I wanted to ask, like, as we get ready to kind of wrap this up, what are some of the ways that you keep yourself? Like, when you experience judgment of others, what is like not from them, but when you are judging them, mm-hmm. what? are kind of the next steps that you take mentally like maybe we can give our listeners some yeah. practical tips of like hey here's what happens when i begin a judgment here's how i redirect myself
0: yeah i love that how do i redirect first of all we got to take every thought captive right. and i think second the thing i always tell myself ashley this is what i have on repeat and i've really um tried to teach my kids this as well, is Jesus loves them as much as he loves me. I always go back to that. Like, they are just as loved as I am.
1: Who do I think
0: I am? Who do I think I am on my high horse? Uh, Dehumanizing them with my judgment. Yeah. And then if there is a way, if there is a way to reach out, if this is somebody I know personally, you know, if it's something I see on Twitter or something that has nothing to do with me, this is about me taking every thought captive and, training my mind as a man think it's so he is so it is so important for me for me to really take that thought captive and to repent and bless that person even if it's a stranger but if it's somebody i know in person i think reaching out is so 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 important um also i I just want to say two things we have to live with ourselves right? We have to live with ourselves, the person that we're becoming, like, you're with you all the time. Do you want to be that person? Do you want to be the person who judges? Do you want to be the person who tears people down that you you will minimize the greatness in your life, you will become smaller and smaller. And then I think um, what you said earlier about this time of polarization that is just, it's so sad. And I just say, don't play the game. Don't play the game. Don't get sucked into the game, whether it's online or in real life. I think it's just so easy to make assumptions because we're fed yeah. all of this um, ridiculous false stories, you know, from wild websites that people yeah. take as gospel truth. All of these things. And I think right. just, we can't. We don't play the game. That's, that is my advice of like, don't play the game. Remember, Jesus loves everyone in all the states. in all Yes. Them. As That's much exactly as he right. loves you.
1: Yes 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 and I want to point back to something you said earlier when it comes to judgment which is re- has been really helpful to me and I learned this first through practicing justice work in community development but I I love what you said basically you, without saying it this way you you, you lean into cu- curiosity like you start asking mm. questions about a person and I really believe that like when I'm in a situation where I'm judging another person and I've done this wrong believe me sometimes I'll just completely cut it off sometimes I have to for healthy reasons but yeah, yeah you know totally. I I love asking the question what can I learn right now Like, Mm -hmm. I completely disagree with this perspective. I completely disagree with this person, but what can I learn? Like, what God, what are you trying to teach me through this person that you love? And then another little nugget I keep in mind when I'm tempted to judge people and places is my dear friend, Mary Glenn. She always says to herself in those situations where she's with someone that she profoundly disagrees with, is that she says to herself, I am beloved of Christ. You are beloved of Christ. You are my sister. You are my brother. Yes. And I love that because it just centers the whole thing on looking at somebody as a person that God loves. And when you look at somebody as a person that God loves, it becomes much harder to be judgmental. It becomes much harder to say things you shouldn't say. It becomes much harder to pop off about whatever you think and feel because you are looking at a person who God created and loves they are made in his image and that has been hugely helpful to me not just in real life but online (laughs)
0: yeah it's hard to wish ill will on someone you love (laughs) yes hard to wish ill will on someone you love it really is
1: it really is
0: (laughs) (sighs) so powerful well we are praying for all of you in georgia as you have cast your votes this week and um lord be with us all yes Hey listeners, remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit tiffanybloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit ashabercrombie.org. See you next week.